Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey friends, Vish here. Listen, before we get to this episode of the Creative Control with Vish Khanna podcast, I'd like to take a second to thank you all very much for listening to this show and spreading the word about it. It means a lot. I, I got to say, I've been looking at some of the the like numbers, you know, like the stats. It's astounding. I can't believe how many people are checking this thing out. And I owe it all to you, the regular listeners and the people that are, if you're new, hello, welcome. I hope you enjoy this uh, episode of the show. And I'd also like to remind you that, you know, a couple weeks ago, I mentioned something about how if you go on the iTunes store and you rate, if you rate it positively and review it nicely, Apparently, that helps the podcast get more attention on the iTunes store. It shows up in their various things, like new and noteworthy, or what's hot, or the top 300. And this has kind of happened here and there for the podcast, and I'm very flattered. And it's a testament to to the guests on the show and uh, hopefully the job I'm doing. In any case, if you have the time and the inclination and can keep doing that, uh, it would be really, really appreciated. So please, if you don't mind, go to the iTunes store. Rate and review Creative Control with Vishkana positively. Thank you very much. All right, let's get to the show. Creative Control with Vishkana. Hey, how's it going? You know, you know what's happening this week in my house? My in-laws are coming for two weeks. My my mother and father-in-law. I don't know what that means for the podcast. I think I could still do it, but it kind of feels like I'm like a kid fooling around in my in my like well. I was going to say my my bedroom, but I do the podcast in my office. And I don't know. I don't know why I have a feeling this might impose upon the podcast, except that, you know, they're going to be around. And what am I supposed to be? Can you excuse me? I I have to go record a show that several people listen to. Like, I don't know. Anyway, it could be. I assume it'll be fine. I really don't know. I really don't know what's going to happen for the next couple weeks. I have guests lined up. I know that. So something's going to happen. We'll find out. We'll all find out together. You know, over the last few weeks, we've been talking uh, on the show, and by we, I mean myself and my guest, a lot about uh, music festivals, their merits, and the things that we don't like about them, whatever the opposite of merits are. I can't concentrate right now, because all I can think about is my in-laws. I get My point is, on this episode, I'm kind of, sort of, doing the same thing. Three guests on this particular episode. First of all, coming up a little bit later, a conversation with Kayla of the Brooklyn band The Blow, with a new record coming out. Their first album in like seven years is coming out in October. And The Blow are playing at this festival called All Caps, which is taking place over uh, the weekend, uh, this weekend, August 10th and 11th, on Toronto Island. And it's the final edition of the All Caps Island Festival. 
outside of the blow, you're going to get to see bands like Rich O'Coin, Hooded Fang, Magneto Lane, Shotgun Jimmy, Beliefs, Bizarre, much, much more. If you make it to all caps, those are some of the people you're going to see. And so, to get some context about all caps, uh, joining me on the show, first off, Johnny Dovercourt and Ryan McLaren, the organizers of both the Wavelength Concert Series and this element of Wavelength, all caps, going to find out what it's all about and why it might be the last one. I think it is the last one. Anyway, you'll see. That's what's coming up on this episode. Hopefully there are more episodes over the next two weeks. Hey, this week's episode is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero. For my money, the best pizza you can eat in Guelph, Ontario. A proud, independent family business run by a punk rocker, Trocadero only uses a rich array of fresh ingredients cut by hand and homemade dough made daily, all baked to perfection inside of a stone oven. It's gourmet panzerotti, calzones, wings, salads, garlic bread, breadsticks, and oh man, the pizza. The pizza, personally... I like the gourmet Domateo with goat cheese, artichoke, roasted red pepper, mushrooms. I sub out the turkey breast for eggplant, but that's just me. Wash the whole thing down with a brio. Man, I am getting hungry just talking about this. Call Pizza Trocadero at 519-829-2444. Visit them at 7 Municipal Street in Guelph and online at trocaderoguelph.ca. T-R-O-K-A-D-E-R-O. G-U-E-L-P-H dot C-A That's Pizza Trocadero A place of the good trade Ryan, I am not sure but i think we just killed uh, a game of frisbee uh i'm not sure if we killed it necessarily or maybe they were this is the excuse that one of them needed to say you know we should probably put this to bed now Um. (laughs) no one really enjoys playing frisbee this guy's breaking the off leash dog is is interested in playing frisbee but uh, maybe we shouldn't be making these observations i'm gonna be the guy who's like this is not the off-leash zone. Come on. Oh. <laughs> no, it's fine. Whatever. No, it's not fine. I thought this whole park was an off-leash vicious. zone. No, it's not. Unofficially. <laughs> so it's a pet It's a pet peeve of mine. Is this, that's pretty good. Is this a Toronto thing? Is this a Toronto thing? Because like in Guelph, I'd just be like, yeah, the dog's off-leash. I don't care. I mean, I, I have a lot yeah. of like rules, self-imposed rules yeah. that I try to impose upon others. And, <laughs> and, and you're like, you're pointing one out now and, you know, clearly it's not being abided by. Yeah. This is a legit regulation that is being violated. Well, I just think it's, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, there's a lot of people in the city and there's like, we have to all share a smaller amount of space than in Guelph. So, yeah. um, and it's kind of like, uh, some, I guess I'm just more aware of it because my partner is afraid of dogs. Oh. So it's made it, so it's just sort of like made me aware. I wouldn't have before. I would have just been like, oh, whatever, the dog's off the leash. But now I'm, you know, I see her, see her kind of like a recoil when a dog's coming towards her. So you're sensitive to it. I'm sensitive. Out of empathy. Out of empathy, yeah. Okay. That's, well, that's very noble. That's pretty yeah. noble of him, yeah. Johnny, yeah. <laughs> are there dogs allowed on Toronto Island for all caps? Uh, there are dogs allowed on Toronto Island, but there's not a dogs allowed in the festival space, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's another reason is because, yeah, some people 
Oh, socks. Socks is just causing trouble over there. The dog's name is Socks. Socks. That's nice. Worse, uh, you know. And because, like, you know, also if dogs are off leash, not related to the festival, yeah. uh, it's more likely that people won't clean up after them, which can also be a bit of a, a bit of an issue. And our festival is kid friendly, and kids yeah. and dogs don't always mix. Exactly. You just thought, don't kids love dogs? I thought all kids love dogs. No, it depends on the dog. Dogs love biting kids' faces. That's true. That's true. That's <laughs> totally. They can't get enough. Yeah, they, they, they hunger for the face. It's true. They have like a face taste thing that they've developed. So this festival has been going for how many years now? Uh, well, the Island Fest itself, this is its fifth year. Uh, but the it kind of grew out of something called the All Caps Outdoor Show, which was, uh, happened for three years before that. So it kind of went from... Uh, three years of outdoor show then a year of one island show uh which is a one-day event and then we switched it to two days and then it became the island festival okay and so five years going why are you stopping this this year (laughs) right to the right to the juice right to the juice (laughs) i want to know because i mean i feel like every time i turn around wavelength is celebrating something and ending something at the same time. <laughs> and I don't know why. It's like every couple of years, Wavelength is doing stuff, and now we're not doing it anymore. Um, uh, well, the reason why it's ending, I think five years is kind of like a nice, good, round number to kind of end something off at. Uh, I, Wavelength has a lot of really great stuff planned for over the next year. Uh, Wavelength is always doing kind of like more ambitious things. And like Wavelength's at a point now where like every show is unique and different so you know it takes a little bit more time to kind of like invest in it and i personally want to kind of move on and explore other ideas uh like i'm starting up a podcast in the fall hey Uh, wait a second (laughs) competing with my podcast what no i'm not gonna compete with your podcast you should come on my podcast okay you should come on oh you're on my podcast now okay sure (laughs) what's your podcast gonna be this is for a podcast Um, uh it's gonna be it's gonna be uh interviews with like uh artists creative types and uh kind of like everyday canadians about like uh how it is that they got to why it is that they're doing the stuff that they're doing and how they got to that point oh nice yeah and what possessed you to start a podcast um it's something i've actually been really interested in a long time uh i i i like I went to school for journalism, uh, meeting people within the music community, especially and through Wavelength, you know, there's always that idea of like, there's part of Wavelength is, you know, we're, we're, we're promoters and there's a lot of stuff that we see that's really amazing and we want other people to be, you know, be as excited as we are about that stuff. And I, that is, that hasn't faded for me. There's still all of these people that aren't just musicians that are like artists and people doing stuff in like, you know, like Weird Canada and people doing things in rural areas across Canada that I think are really amazing that I don't think people realize are happening and realize are going on. And I'm really curious to kind of like investigate not only those things, but those people and the choices that they've made over why they do those things. I feel like part of why Wavelength started and part of what you're talking about with your podcast is uh, sort of creating something in a vacuum, creating something out of necessity because you see a a need that's being unfulfilled, particularly in the realm of independent culture and Canadian culture. Uh, Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think that's totally fair to say. I mean, like, you know, there's there's all of these amazing things that happen. And, you know, increasing the exposure, increasing the attention to it, I think is, you know, like always been kind of the wavelength mandate. And it's always been that idea that we've kind of like, you know, uh, through Wavelength, I've always kind of like gotten really attached to like those ideas and that kind of thing. Why do you suppose, either of you, why do you suppose, I mean, I think all of us, the three of us here are savvy enough to speak to the fact that uh, outlets, press outlets in particular, 
for these kinds of things are shrinking. And in some cases, they're under attack and there are budgetary restrictions. So, I mean, I guess is that to you the obvious answer as to why some of these things are being under... Some of the things that you're describing, uh, the people, the arts that they're creating, the work they're doing, is it is the media landscape affecting the the fact the, the reason why they're being under, underrepresented these days well uh, i think to a certain degree but also i mean with the advent of the internet you have this kind of like long tail distribution of there's a lot of uh, access to a lot of things but there isn't necessarily a filter towards like directing people to the things that are particularly interesting and i think that people look towards kind of curators essentially uh in a pretty broad sense of that term to kind of like figure out like stuff that they might like they're like oh this person you know Vish really is into like a lot of the same kind of stuff that I like so even though I don't know who this person is that he's talking to yeah. I'm gonna listen to and that's you know what we've always tried to build up with Wavelength and I think Wavelength does have that reputation I think that it's funny because I uh, your question about like the diminishing press it's funny I, I don't really have the same perspective because when we started doing Wavelength it, it was a lot harder back then for bands to get for indie bands new bands to get coverage especially in Toronto and that was one of the reasons why we started Wavelength and in the early day, in the early days you may recall we had a print zine for our first five right. fi five years um, where we interviewed the bands that were playing the series and and we still do that on our website or on our blog um, but back then that was really uh, it was a really sort of a, a really innovative thing to do because we were kind of taking the press into our own hands and this is before you know this is so long ago this is 2000 right this is before the era of, blo like of the, blogs yeah the advent of yeah. the internet really the internet yeah. was maybe five six the internet as we know it yeah anyway it was a, like all apologies to Al Gore yeah and his theories about when the internet started but about <laughs> five years into when we all started really using the internet regularly yeah exactly so and we sort of saw and so so Wavelength kind of grew up with the internet with you know like there wasn't you know we, we grew up with sort of seeing message boards come to life and seeing blogs and you know seeing music blogs it's really start to develop and flourish and um, and now there's like so many more outlets for people to hear about bands and for us as promoters there's so many more partners and supporters and sort of champions in in the press uh, for for what we're doing so huh. it's, it's, it's so basically you're saying that my theory might be suspect you, you're, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's fair I, I I wonder like from my perspective as a writer and yeah. as, a, as, a, as a broadcaster or whatever, a podcaster, I don't know yeah. what the hell I'm called anymore. I'm finding, like, I have fewer outlets. I mean, this is one of the reasons, like, you're saying I'm starting this up, Ryan. Like, you're starting up a podcast. And I am doing the same thing because I can't. And I yeah. just figured out how to do it. And now it's here. And, you know, at this yeah. point, it's we're well into the, the podcasts are very prominent and everyone's sort of doing one. Yeah. But, yeah, I kind of feel like... You're right. There might actually be more outlets because there's more people like me. There's more people like Ryan taking things into our own hand, writing blogs, all that stuff. And I guess the uh, other side of it is I guess there's less kind of official channels. There's more. There's less sort of maybe official channels for a sort of official professional, quote unquote, air quote, journalism than maybe there used to be. So and that's what I was so, referring to. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah. The, so that obviously makes it more difficult for professional writers. <laughs> and also maybe it, it makes it maybe d difficult to have a maybe more nuanced discussion around independent culture which is brings us around like to the need for this kind of this kind of maybe more uh like uh sophisticated dialogue that maybe ryan's talking about with this podcast yeah i don't i don't think i really 
have anything to add to that. <laughs> I had a point and I kind of lost it. It's become a meta podcast. We're talking about a, a podcast that doesn't even it doesn't exist even exist yet. yet. Yeah, we're yeah. just talking about an idea. No, in, my, in a month, yeah. decide yeah, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> After you hear more, a few more episodes of this one, you'll just be like, I don't think this is a good idea at all. Uh, uh, but I will say too, I mean, you know, the the music landscape in Toronto has changed and Canada has changed dramatically since Wavelength first started uh, ten years ago, and especially with the advent of the internet, where it's like you know you can be a band in Toronto and make a like make a living for yourself and and gain notoriety in a way that was difficult to before whether or not there are necessarily like you know it's you're getting the attention of specific media outlets you almost don't necessarily need that but the responses to that definitely needs to change I mean I kind of do miss a little bit of those message board discussions because they would get they were at times very heated and at times very intellectual uh, and sometimes I don't see that same kind of public conversation happening necessarily yeah no I, I can totally see that well, we should get back to the All Caps Fest. We've been kind of talking about things around it, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, talking around the issue. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about uh, the kind of curatorial vision for this uh, final All Caps Island Fest? Uh, do you want to do that? or? I mean, I don't know if there really was a particular curatorial vision other than sort of like uh, and Ryan had this idea of it being um, really exploring the idea of the festival the festival experience being like going to an alternate reality yeah, and uh, sort of, you know, and that being the kind of really loose framework for the festival because going to the Island really does take you out of your day, day to day existence. Like it's really is you you get there and you feel like you're so far away from everything. You took a boat. You actually got on a boat and left land to get to another Island on an Island. Like you feel at times like you're in a very different, landscape then like it feels very different environmentally like it it's definitely a different kind of experience you feel like you've gone someplace else and i mean the festival experience itself is usually meant to be that like you usually often leave the city you often camp out and you create an environment like you know that's a little bit of a a bubble in both time and space and that's what i kind of hope that this is for a lot of people is that it's a it's a reprieve from the mainland in a lot of ways can you talk a little bit about who's playing uh this this year's fest and and maybe how what you just described might be reflected in some of those choices because i don't i assume you know i'm asking the question kind of facetiously because i imagine you you had ideas about who to book and you booked them and whether or not they fit under your umbrella concept is sort of irrelevant yeah thematic booking is really really hard especially when you're just like you know you can't go to an indie band and go okay so can you do this whole set uh put together a set based around the concept of alternate realities Mm -hmm. they're like okay how many are you commissioning us to write a whole set of material do you have fifty thousand dollars you know like (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. it doesn't really work that way but you know some of the people we approached that sort of like um had a kind of fantastical feel were bands like elfin saddle Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. from montreal who like i describe them as like making like the music you would actually hear in a fantasy novel world nice that's that's totally true you're absolutely right about that and you know and in the same way i think rich Aquian creates like a little universe unto himself amongst his set uh he played two years ago and i i really love that guy and i really love his sets and i feel like there's nobody better to kind of cap off the last festival than that that's really the exclamation mark as far as i'm concerned he is like a human exclamation yeah. mark yeah, basically like I, anytime i've seen him he's just like yeah. it's bonkers the energy he has live his energy is amazing his music is amazing i think he's just an awesome dude as well yeah. uh and yeah it's just fantastic to the Coin boys in general are quite nice and, and, oh, and lovely yeah. guys and uh, very talented. So, yeah, totally wonderful. 
And there's some other, like, lots of other elements to this year's curation that kind of, like, just sort of happened, you know, somewhat organically. I mean, there's one thing we've always wanted to do because it's an all-ages festival is to have more young people performing. So um, this year we actually have, like, three bands that are all um, underage or just barely of age. Um, there's um, Watershed Hour, who are, I think, maybe now 19, but they're, like, in first year at uh, Trent. And they're from Whitby. They're like a, um, they're a duo, um, bass and drums, sort of like, kind of like remind me of like '90s bands like the Inbreds or the Spinanes. Oh, nice! You know, like yeah. '90s indie rock duos. And then um, it was, we been, seeing a lot of that. A lot of younger bands starting to sound like they may have come from the '90s. Oh, so many <laughs> bands that sound like what they were probably listening to when they were 12 and 13 years. Oh, old. No, 12 when, and 13. When they were born. Yeah, basically when they were born. Like that's yeah. what I was listening to when I was yeah. 12 or 13. Yeah, yeah, when they were in the womb. My concept of time. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, because like if you're like 18 now, you're born in 1995. So crazy. Yeah. I was in. I was at yeah. Lollapalooza in 1995, <laughs> watching Sonic Youth and Pavement and the Jesus Lizard and yeah. Yeah, it is kind of interesting. I was in a band that opened for Arches of Loaf in 1994. So yeah, it's we're old. It's basically we're the old. point of this yeah. is that we're old. Yeah, yeah. I, I keep forgetting the point. I'm like, oh yeah, like that was 20 years ago. Like 93 was 20 years ago. I ran into my friend Jeff the other day, and he said to me, "Johnny, it's time to start lying about your age." I'm like, "You told me that 10 years ago." <laughs> it might be true. Yeah. It might be true. Well, it sounds like it's going to be great, and I, I wish you the best of luck with it. And uh, for more information about uh, it and future endeavors, because Wavelength isn't done. Oh, right? no, 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 no. Not even close. No, This is just one little piece of the whole Wavelength puzzle. Right. As I say, every couple of years, another piece seems <laughs> to shut down or get lost or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Well, it's really, you know, stopping all caps is actually, in a way, like closing one door so we could open something that might even be bigger. So, you know, like, or maybe we're just sort of doing, you know, we're doing all this kind of like fun background organizational stuff. Like we're doing a strategic plan in the fall and we're doing like a program review and we're looking at like what we're doing and how we can do it better and how we might consolidate some stuff, you know, because we do, we're now doing two big festivals per year and it's getting to the point where our planning cycle like can barely even withstand it. Like as soon as we finish doing this festival we have to start thinking about our next festival in february you wow. know so yeah. it's it's actually totally like okay. wavelength is totally nuts right now <laughs> okay so uh if people want more information about uh, wavelength where can they go uh they can go to wavelengthtoronto.com and we also have a festival site for all caps uh, allcaps.ca nice guys thank you so much for this Ryan, my pleasure Johnny, and uh it's great to see you man yeah, it's nice to see yeah. you <laughs> thanks for being on the show Thank you. I hope that your show isn't better than mine. <laughs> it won't be. Don't worry. I'm starting a podcast too. Oh, no, come just on. kidding. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> New York City's The Blow are releasing their first album in seven years on October 1st, and it's also their first self-titled album ever. The artful electronic pop group consists of vocalist Kayla Marisic and installation artist Melissa Dine, and they've already released an awesome new single from the record called Make It Up, which you can find online via the Google or at theblow.org. This weekend they return to Canada to play Wavelength's All Caps Festival on Toronto Island, and here to discuss this further is Kayla of The Blow. Hi, Kayla. Hello. Nice to nice to speak to you. Where where in the world are you? Oh, just just the center of the United States. Um, we're in Brooklyn, where we live. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's nice. That's nice. Now, uh, are are you just like hanging out at at home, or where are you? 
Um, yeah, I'm at home. I had jury duty earlier this week, and I thought that I was going to get to do this interview from um, a break in jury duty, but the case got settled outside of the court. So, um, yeah, we're just home getting ready for the show, working on little bits for it. Okay, so jury duty, sorry, I, I also had caught wind that you might be in, in jury duty, and this intrigued me to no <laughs> end. Uh, now that the case, well, what can you tell us about the experience of, I've never been on jury duty. What, what was the experience of being on jury duty like? Well, um, really, all that happens is you get the piece of paper, and it's like you have to come to the court and um, sort of register for jury duty, like sit there and see if they pick you for a case. So um, I went in, and we actually live close to the Brooklyn Supreme Court, so that wasn't so bad. Um, and there was during the heat wave that I first went, so it was kind of nice because it was like it was at 101 degrees, and uh, our house isn't air conditioned, so the court was air conditioned. So I was like, okay, cool, that was great. I'll go do my day at the court when it's really hot. Um, and then they just like you have to go in, and they um, decide if they want you for a case. So a lot of people are like trying to scramble out of it and be like, "Uh, I hate, I hate whatever race of people are going to be on trial or <laughs> so like, people, they try, try people, to be as awful as they can." <laughs> do people actually? Um, I, I, like, I've seen this on like mo- in movies and TV. Do people actually yeah. purport to be terrible people on purpose? Well, I mean, that's everybody's thing. They say they're gonna do. I didn't see anybody do that. More like people are just kind of like, "Uh," like they try to act like kind of dumb and ah. kind of slow. <laughs> And and I was sort of on the fence, too. I was like, you know, I've got a lot to do right now. Like, you know, like doing my civic duty matters to me. But at the same time, I would like to put on a really good show when we go to Toronto. So is my duty to, is our duty to, like, an audience more important than our duty to the courts? Um, but, I, so, yeah, they were like, can you handle this case? It's going to be about a car accident. And I could have, you know, said, like, things that were true but wouldn't have affected me. Like, my girlfriend broke her spine in the car accident. It might be traumatic, you know. Oh. Um, you could say stuff like that. They're giving you room to say it, but I didn't. So then they picked me for the jury, and then I came back this week, um, but they let it go. So I just sat there on Twitter <laughs> reading things. <laughs> so wait a minute. How, um, how long were you, how long was the whole process for you? It's like a whole for. This is so boring. <laughs> sure. No, it's not boring <laughs> at all. Interesting blow news. It's not. Um, it's yeah, not no, boring. Uh, the- it's not boring. It's jury duty. <laughs> it's very exciting. You were in the middle of. You yeah. were deciding. You were potentially. I mean, it didn't work out that way. Someone's you were, fate. Yeah, you could have decided someone's fate. You were Lady Justice. I know. Yeah. I know. That's I not. Was, I was the scale. I was the. I was a Lady Justice. Yeah. Uh, so it was just like a couple. It was like five hours the first day, and then like five hours the second day. So and there's Wi-Fi. I mean, really, it's fine. You just sit there. I didn't get on the jury, so. Oh, you, know. you didn't. You didn't even get on the jury. I mean, I was technically on it, but I never got into the court. Right, because so. the case was settled. The case was just, it was settled outside. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. what it means is I don't have to go back for eight years, and that was great. Oh, like you've done your duty, and they like is it? Is it? Have you been asked before to be on jury duty? Uh, every time those papers came saying it was a summons, I just. Never went. I was. I'd be like on tour, and then I wouldn't deal. So the one that I got recently was like, "You must come." Right. Like, there's a two thousand dollar fine waiting if you don't come. So I was like, "All right, I'll do it." Well, that's actually. But, kind of, I mean, I love. It's a bit of a compliment that they came keep coming back to you. They clearly think that you are of <laughs> a certain moral character, and that you are. You well, know, if you were sitting in the no, yeah, I don't know how it works in Canada, but if you were sitting in the room, you would realize that it's really just everybody, you know. Like if you collect mail, if you're a citizen, 
you're going to have to go on jury duty. I so see. I'm nothing special. <clears throat> well, I disagree. I, I disagree with that. <laughs> I think you're special, and that's why they keep they keep after you. And now you're done for eight years. So congratulations yeah. on. There'll have to be a different merit of how special. I am, or we are, <laughs> aside from what the Brooklyn courts think of us. Yeah. Right, right, right. So last uh, last summer, around this exact same time, because Sappy Fest, yeah. Sappy Fest is starting as we are speaking. Sappy Fest is starting as people are hearing this. Oh, Sappy so Fest fun. is Sappy Fest is over. But you and I and Melissa had a chat about what was your at the time your perspective new LP, and you know you were yeah. great. You you guys were great. You were very. You know, you were gracious with your time, and you were as forthcoming as you could be. And now it seems <laughs> like it's come to, it's it's going to come to fruition. The the record that we talked about last year is now coming out in October. Can you tell us things about this new record? Because obviously, at this point, I haven't heard it. I've heard the single "Make It Up," which is great, but can you tell yeah, us anything thanks. else about the uh, about the record? Well, there's first there's the story that we really thought we were almost done last summer when we talked to you. So there's that, like, this epic journey of how long it took to... Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Finish it. Um, and that's just like, we were really, really intricate about making all the samples be sounds that we could reproduce in the show, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's electronic music, so we are, you know, we don't play any, I'm not playing instruments live on stage. Melissa's got actually a new modular synthesizer that she's playing. I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about it. Um, <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I said too much. Well, at the show I saw last year, she was at the soundboard. She was like miles away yeah, from she, you. You were on stage and she yeah, was like, she, Yeah, she performs from across the audience. Um, it'll be that way at all caps because we kind of like to hug people between us. Like, um, like have the audience in between our call and response and she um, is going to be like sampling like reconstructing, taking the songs apart into their samples and reconstructing them back into the yeah. whole song. Yeah. So that's a big part of why it took so long is because like we were actually making the samples as instruments to be able to be replayed as opposed to like, and if you make an album that can be really ambient, it can sound like you're in somebody's awesome warehouse. You know, like we didn't want any sound of another space. We wanted it to sound like nowhere and it actually takes kind of a long time to get your samples really clean, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. especially if you're sampling live instruments, which is what we were doing a lot of times. So there was a lot of weird like processing and nitpicking. And um, anyways, so that's like what that I can tell you that about the album is that it's 
um, like it's electronic and but made out of a lot of um, actual instruments that we played or had other people play and then kind of like bust and process the samples really intricately. Right. And, and when and when so, we yeah. and when we spoke, you you kind of made and I don't know if this was just in the moment, but you kind of made sort of solid allusions to people that that the blow admire and, and they were all kind of supreme pop smiths and when i heard make it up i'm like this is a an awesome like pop song like this 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 could be a this could be a great i mean you know whatever i'm not trying to put any pressure on you or suggest anything maybe i'm crazy but <laughs> i'm not going to suggest that it's a huge i just think that this could be on the radio like it's so it's so uh-huh. yeah i think it's got that structure and i feel like you're going for that it's got a strength in it it's not as Maybe scrappy or whatever. I don't know what the term yeah. to use is. You know, it, it it seems accessible. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, like when Melissa's um, looking at me, I mean, there's nothing else she's saying. But okay, <laughs> she's just looking. Um, like when I, on my part, when I was like starting to write the lyrics of them, I really was thinking about this storyline of like kind of pretending to be somebody else. Like um, I did, we did that show at the. A horseshoe, I believe, a couple of years ago, yeah. where it was like this narrative about um, this narrative about writing songs for a starlet, um, for this like celebrity girl, and kind of claiming this other identity. And so, in making the song and in you know in singing that one in particular, it was kind of like we actually went there, like without even really thinking it through a whole bunch. We just sort of were like. Pocket, like I just swore on the radio. Sorry. Well, you're on. We're a, just kind of like, well, on... let's go there. <laughs> what? You can swear. You're on a podcast. It's okay. Can you I mean... swear in Canada? Well, okay, good. Yeah, and, and yeah. in Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good. Okay. You can swear on the internet. I've heard. I'm pretty sure you, can, um, you can't. Yeah, but... You can't swear while while doing jury duty. Otherwise, you're fine to swear. <laughs> there's a little there's a little cup actually. Yeah. <laughs> um. But so yeah. So we just kind of like. You know, in a way, it was a concept, but also we just sort of, like, organically went there. Like, I was in this process of, like, pretending to be this other girl, and Melissa and I were sort of, like, flexing our production muscles and being like, what can we do? And we kind of just really went there, and afterwards, we were like, oh, we really kind of went there. Like, and it's kind of, like, this awesome way, and also, like, oh, wow, that's, yeah, gosh, that's not necessarily how I saw myself. Cool. I just totally, like, fully tried that other outfit on, and, like, we went there all the way, man, which is, like... It's kind of awesome and weird and exciting. No, um, it's cool. I mean, was, and when we spoke last year, you kind of cite, as I say, you cited specific sort of heroes that are, as I say, are are, are known for writing. And I, I guess I should just mention, so I think there was like David Bowie, and I can't remember who else. Yeah. I, but there's just like people that people might expect to hear on the radio. And, and I mean, oh, David yeah. Bowie's all over the radio nowadays, let me tell you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like classic, cool. classic pop people. And uh, Yeah. And so I could see that that was in your sort of, in your field of vision as sort of an as something to aspire to and then when i heard this song i'm like oh they they actually did it they actually went and did it <laughs> they done did it so i was like i can't wait to hear the whole record because i imagine it might all be there somehow yeah i mean there's definitely like uh there's definitely terrain in the album you know like i mean i think with david bowie it's a good example of somebody who I mean, part you know, partly we love his music and also, like, really love the way that he approached making music, which was, like, he absolutely thought about it as theater. Yeah, um, yeah. I have a great book about um, about glam and David Bowie um, that quotes him. I'm trying to remember the name of the book. Uh, it quotes him saying, like, it has always been theater to me. Oh, it's called Performing Glam Rock. 
Um, like okay. he really, you know, so he made these characters and he like admitted like, I am not Ziggy Stardust, that's this other guy, I'm not him. So I feel like that was the other part of it that we were sort of like approaching it as being like, well, what if this doesn't actually have to be us? Like what if we're not selling our image, we're just trying something out that we can do, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. and that's kind of a weird thing about music is like they're always literally selling you the artist as a product, you know? Like you're supposed to like always, you know, put your picture out with the music, which doesn't happen in other fields of art, you know, like painters don't include their paintings in a picture of themselves. But with Mm -hmm. music, it's like the identity is such a big part of it. And I think that we're both kind of playing with that of being like, well, we don't even know who we are. So like, how are we going to sell like the sixth vision of our identity? So I think we were both kind of like playing around inside of it with, with with the production and like me with the lyrics and the way I sang and trying on a different person and kind of being like, you know, like, who is that? Who am I? I have no idea. Like, these are just questions about answers, sort of. Yes. But yeah, okay. but we tried on the pop identity real hard. We got dressed up all the way. <laughs> and then there's other songs on the album that are kind of like, oh, this is sort of the Kayla that I, you know, this is other Kayla who I've remembered being more from the past, or this is like Olympia Kayla in a fort made of curtains, you know. Like, sure. So you're not trying to transcend your current audience or anything like deliberate. It's just you're trying on a new outfit and there's going to be sort of familiar aspects uh, for fans of the blow on the record as well. Yeah. I mean, the truth is like, we're not super calculated. We're pretty intuitive. So we went, you know, we, I mean, we're just kind of like, let's try this, you know? And then this thing came out and we were like, wow, that's a real thing, you know? Like, I don't know if it's totally us, but maybe now it is because we did it, you know? <laughs> it clearly and, it clearly is something that you needed to convey. It was within you. <laughs> totally. And it's scary, that identity stuff, you know? Because, like, what does hold you together yeah. as being yourself? Like, what if you do make something that feels unfamiliar yeah. and you don't recognize yourself all the way in it? Like, are you still you? Like, you know, do you still exist? Are you going to disappear into the atmosphere? Um <laughs> Well, it's. I think it's a. It's actually a very important question. Do you feel like yourself? Like you, you, you have described this as sort of some kind of persona that you and Melissa have adopted for certain songs. Uh, but it, at the end of the day, yeah. it, it does contain you. I mean, this is you. Yeah, maybe it means that what you are is a broader, like you're broader. You know, I mean, what if you're if you're an actress and you play a role like Charlize Theron played that serial killer lesbian role? It's like. She can contain that. She can um, expand and become that. But then, like, you know, does she shrink back down? Does she still know who she is inside of all of that? You know, is there a separate... I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no. I think I know who I am, but I also think I'm mysterious to myself. Sure. We are mysterious to ourselves. But I think pop music in general has this magical kind of quality to it that kind of inspires that sort of... Uh, I guess self-research, self-searching, if, if you will. Because, I mean, I was just—I'll tell you to be honest with you—I was before we were speaking, I was outside in my yard, hanging laundry. Uh, I was doing all the, the mm-hmm. laundry for the family, and some kids, like while I was doing it, it was completely silent. And then some kids in the backyard, like in a couple of houses over, turned on some music. And I was out there for mm-hmm. so long that I heard Robin Thicke's blurred lines i heard yeah uh that justin timberlake jay-z song holy grail i heard get lucky by daft punk and i was thinking and this is just before i came to talk to you and and i was like this is a weird 
this is actually a summer of kind of big pop songs and uh, like big like songs that are really kind of I feel like a lot of them are, have become very pervasive in the culture and I don't know what's your relationship with sort of mainstream pop as someone who is making pop music at this time well like last year that same thing happened I felt like you know like we could not avoid hearing that um Carly Rae Jepsen song like every day you uh-huh, know uh-huh, uh-huh. like everywhere we went and it was a good song and it was just like super pervasive you know um but I mean we you know we love those songs like you do right that, that you, you kind of you yeah do, I mean yeah. yeah I love that get lucky yeah it came on we were at some club somewhere or something and it came on and I was like it's perfect but like you know at the same time I mean that's that album's really weird yeah. Like, if you've listened to all of it, like, they're both, like, I, when that album came out, we were, like, you know, because we made this, these crazy pop songs, and we, we really were, we kind of leaned back and we're, like, oh, my God, they're really glossy, like, what did we do? <laughs> like, what did we give birth to? You know, because it was bigger than us, and we just went with this energy, and it just happened, and, you know, we didn't claim to have control over it, so we are kind of, like, in, you know, in awe that, like, God, what is this? And then when um, the Daft Punk album came out, we were like, okay, we have some buddies. Like, obviously, they're not our friends, but, like, they were doing this, you know, they were, like, super referencing really, like, parts of, like, super, you know, the poppiest thing you can do and um, getting these, like, classic musicians to play these, like, classic sort of, like, hooky bits, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they've got Nile Rodgers and stuff and Georgia Maroder and... Um, but then at the same time, it's super weird. There's that song where Giorgio Motor is just talking, like, not even in a cool way. Yeah. <laughs> like, it isn't really music. It doesn't really work. It's, like, odd. And um, so, I don't know. I feel like at the same time, people are making things that are really poppy and taking these super weird experimental gestures. Yeah, that's and kind, of, and kind of not giving a fuck. Yeah, it's true. I think there's this there's this lure that people put out there in terms of a, a single and then lately you're right i think there's this real push to to prove oneself as an artist and you know like you look at <laughs> there's people like daft punk like you're right like when i when you put it that way it's true they put out that song it took over it has taken over it's clearly the song of the summer and yet yeah. at the same time when you access the record a lot of people would be like ah what the hell is the rest of this stuff and I think, really? and there's a lot of this going on. Like Kanye West is a prime example of someone who yeah. is like, I am an artist, and I'm going to challenge you. And and there's a lot of that going on. And you, I think, historically, and the blow have been have have had that. I think that kind of attitude as well. And I'm 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 obviously imposing this upon you, but like I I'm making yeah. something <laughs> that is going to challenge you. You're going to like it, I think. But this is going to challenge yeah. you. <laughs> And then you, I hear "Make It Up," and it's almost the other way. It's almost like, and I'm, I'm not. I'm, this is not in any way to dis, to disparage it. I think it's a brilliant yeah. song, and it, and I and I, it sounds like a song by the blow. But I'm also like, holy cow! Like this could be on the radio or whatever. So anyway, I I just think that there's all this kind of like establishing oneself as a true artist, but you've got to give people an access point to it, and it sounds like that's kind of what maybe what you've done. Well, yeah. But I mean, not, honestly, not consciously. I, don't know. I mean, I feel like, yeah. Well, I feel like it's all kind of like intuitive gestures, you know, like because 
I don't, there's so much to say about all of this, but uh, I think, I think definitely the thing that's most exciting to me is the sense of people trying things and not just like approaching the music as like this product, like this kind of cynical calculated product, you know, Yeah. like, like definitely on our end, I mean, we're the first to admit, like we're just working, you know, we're just kind of rolling with this crazy energy and force and trying to figure out how to channel it. And we're like young Jedi, you know, Mm. like, like we, we, the fact that the song was that poppy wasn't like, and we're going to make it so glossy. We were just like, whoa, that's what came out, you know? And like, so, and I feel like kind of just recognizing like, we don't have total control over our tools yet. And that's just kind of the truth. It's like this cynicism of people making these albums where it's like a product and they're like ready to defend it and talk about like all, you know, everything they intended with it and stuff. And it's like, I don't know, as artists, I don't think we pretend to have that much control of knowing where the where the force goes. Yeah, you know? yeah. We're just kind of following it and trying to see where it's leading us. And, you know, we're not like the masters of the creativity. We're just kind of working with it. And I feel like that's what seems, I guess, hopeful to me about like the Daft Punk and Kanye is it like, it feels like a lot of people are bored of that sort of like, like everybody's ready for something new. Like we don't know what the new thing is, but everything's been so canned and dull. And like the Rihanna singles haven't sounded good for a while, yeah. really, you know? And yeah. like, it's not like that moment when it was like Timbaland and Missy Elliott and like Aaliyah and you were like, what is this music? I have never heard this before, you know? It's like, it feels like our youth is sort of past and we're in the old part where everybody's so cynical or even when you love the song, then it's like, well, it's so last week, like what's now, you know? Yeah. Like it just seems like there's kind of a, like the landscape is kind of like hardened and plasticized. And so any gesture to sort of like try to poke into it. And I sort of feel like how poppy the song is that we made is so weird and like not expected, you know, like, the expected thing would have been to do something kind of like chilled back and cool and like keep our cool. And it's like pretty earnest in a way that's not really cool, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. like we weren't keeping our cool. We were sort of like, like spazzing out, you know, and being like, <laughs> like we don't know what to do next either. <laughs> so and, I think and... that's the part that's most exciting to us is that like, we weren't keeping our cool at all. <laughs> like we didn't, we're not, I don't like, might not be holding on to our hipster cred. Who really knows, you know? We're kind of like, I don't know, just trying, just stabbing at the at the sort of atmosphere, you know, that sheen that's over the culture and trying to, like, poke in. And I've been talking a lot. I just realized. Well, I just, wanted to, I just wanted to say, like, it sounds, and I'm not to use, not to be too heavy-handed or punny, but it, it just sounds like you're making it up, if you will. And, and, and... <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I was hoping nobody would catch that. <laughs> No, it, it's it's great. I actually always appreciate your self awareness, and and that's why I felt compelled to, and comfortable sort of asking you these this line of questioning, I suppose. About you know, oh yeah, culture. Have a way we love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, I guess we should uh, focus a little bit uh, before we uh, wrap up. I suppose we should focus a little bit yeah, on. Yeah, I did talk a really long time. No, you that. didn't talk a long time. It's a <laughs> it's a podcast. It's, okay. it's a podcast. These people talk hey, for hours. Yeah, yeah. I could, but I probably won't. No, you're playing the All Caps. Okay. You're playing the final All All Caps Festival in Toronto, and uh, you know, last year when we spoke, you spoke very fondly of of Canada. Oh, by the way, you know who I ran into? Yeah. You know, who I ran into this week is uh, Cadence Weapon. Oh, I haven't seen him in ages. I wonder. I wish he was. Is he going to be there? No, last I don't. Last time I, don't... I played, 
you two were in Guelph at the Hillside Festival, and I remember you you got along yeah. very well, and I believe you you kind of I think you ended up sort of collaborating live at some point. Maybe I don't is that is that right? Oh, I don't know. I think it's I wish I don't think that happened, but that no? would have been cool. Who did you do a workshop with? Maybe you did it with Owen Pallet. Yeah, that was us. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry, but I think I remember Roly was really fond of of hanging out with you and. And, uh, oh yeah, we swam. It was really fun. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, my point is, Canada, I know, is uh, is good to you, and you you're fond of it. Uh, is is there any particular reason? Well, yeah, exactly. Is there any particular reason you you wanted to play uh, all caps, the final one? I didn't know that it was the final one. Actually, is it been a series of them? Well, yes, it's uh, it's an offshoot. Well, it's not an offshoot. It's a it's a sort of wavelength. Yeah, it's a program that's part of the wavelength series, and wavelength's going to continue. But they're they're ending the kind of all caps uh, thing that's been happening on Toronto Island. This is the fifth and final year. Oh, that sounds well. I mean, doing something on Toronto Island that's a big lure. Yeah, it's going to be really dreamy. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I just we just don't really say no to opportunities to come perform in Toronto. We just say yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, so basically, um, yeah, we're just really excited about it. it. That's good to know. For anyone listening who might want to bring the blow to to, to Toronto, you're you're up for it. <laughs> we will never say no. <laughs> okay, we so will th- always love you. <laughs> great, that's great. A little Dolly Parton, Whitney Houston thing going on there. That's nice. Uh, oh, I was I was a cure, the cure. Oh, okay, like sorry, <laughs> sorry. I think of Dolly and Whitney when I hear that phrase. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the new record is—is is it actually coming out on on K Records or how's it coming out? It's coming out on T9. It's a little um, Brooklyn indie label. Oh, okay. So this will be a this is a bit of a departure. In terms yeah, of yeah, you know, a bus- local. It's a business departure. We moved. Yeah, yeah, just trying something different, and it's nice because they're in Brooklyn and we're in Brooklyn, so um, you know, just local. Okay. Local <laughs> store, artisanal, All right. Nice, nice, and and then I presume that uh, you're you're focused on the release of the record, and then is there touring? What what happens for the for the bow? Yeah, um, so we're performing at Toronto. It's actually our first performance with the new material, um, so that's really exciting for us. Um, and then we've got there's a perf- there's a performance festival that we're going to perform at in Portland called the Portland Institute of Contemporary Art TBA Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, and that should be cool. The Julie Ruin's going to perform at it. I've never seen them, so nice. that'll be fun. Nice. And then a bunch of weird art stuff. Um, and then, yeah, we come back, and then we've got our big U.S. tour. So, And then I think there's going to be a tour. We'll be around the U.S. for a month of all of, uh, like, most of October and half of November. And then I think we're scheduling a tour to Canada after that, hopefully sometime not too long. Okay. Nice. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll reach yeah. out and see if we can bring you back to Guelph. Yeah, ask. I would love that. Absolutely. I, oh, yeah. Did Hillside already happen this it, year? Yeah, it just happened. It was the 30th anniversary just this past weekend, and it, I. No offense to the year you were there. It, it for me, might have been the best, the best. It might have been the best one. I really. A lot of people are saying it was the best one. Some people are like, ah, I, I believe it. Yeah, it was great. It was really great, and you know, hopefully, you can come back uh, and play some other kind of show at some point. Well, that's great. I, I know. Yeah. That, I, I know you and Melissa are often busy doing other things are there any other projects or are you just strictly focused on on the record and the touring <laughs> have you ever put out a record <laughs> <laughs> really a lot i mean also because we're you know like we 
we go about making the performance kind of like we sort of, there's a lot since we don't play any instruments, there's a lot of other things to like make happen with it sure. to make it be a good show. So we don't just get to like get up and simply play the songs, you know, the way that we recorded them on the record. Like we have to sort of invent this whole new system uh, of how to perform. And we are playing live. Like I said, Melissa has her some new secret new instruments that she'll have back at her um, spot on her separate stage. So um, there's a lot to do with that. Nice. Basically, like getting together a good live show. And it's kind of like, now that we made all those samples, it's sort of like we're starting to turn them into new songs, like all the little samples from the songs that are on the album. Oh, okay. So we're kind of just like rolling with the creative process, and I think that'll get to come out a lot during the live shows. So, um, yeah, it's all kind of morphing and growing as time passes. Nice, nice. Well, I want to let people know that, that uh, they can see this live show at the final All Caps Island Festival featuring The Blow, Rich O'Coin, Hooded Fang, Magneta Lane, Cattle, Shotgun Jimmy, Beliefs, Bizarre, and much, much more. It all takes place August 10th and 11th, again on Toronto Island, and you can learn more about it at wavelengthtoronto.com. And to learn more about The Blow's new self-titled LP and to keep up on everything they're up to, visit theblow.org. Kayla, is it possible for us to maybe play this song that I have been talking about so much uh, in the last little while? Can Can we play Make It Up? Sure. Yeah, go for it. We should just play it, right? I mean, I feel like we talked about it for half an hour. I feel like we should definitely play it. <laughs> it's much shorter than the amount of time I was talking about <laughs> No, it. don't feel bad. I had a really nice conversation. It's always, <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> it's always, this is probably why you didn't make it onto that jury, by the way. You would not stop blabbing. I think... <laughs> <laughs> that's true man yeah oh now i really want to get on jury duty <laughs> kayla it's uh, always it's, uh, it's always a pleasure to speak with you and I, I thank you for your time and best of luck with everything oh thanks Dish. likewise yeah We get to make it up. 
break for us to break them when you see a chance to get what you deserve. You take it and love. Hey, thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.